Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Rumble Strip. I'm excited about this series. And guess what? If you're listening to this right now, that means that my daughter Deanna is having her baby. Her due date was this past Wednesday. And on Thursday, since the baby didn't come, I thought, what happens if it comes on the weekend? So I thought, I'll teach this lesson on Thursday, I put 100% into it just like I do on the weekends. So let's open up this incredible lesson. And before we go any further, I wanna welcome all the men at TCI Correctional Facility. Guys, we're excited to have you as an extension campus. We're excited about what God's doing in your lives. I also wanna welcome our Boardman campus. And if you're visiting Boardman, you've already experienced this incredible service. And on a typical weekend, I'd be teaching here live and simulcasting it right there at the same time we'd be teaching both uh, of our uh, congregations together. And I'm just so excited that you're here today. And all of our visitors here in Warren, I haven't got a chance to shake your hand, but I'm excited that you're also here. And I'm excited about this lesson. Remember, this is called Rumble Strip. And remember, we have rumble strips in our highways. Here's a picture of a rumble strip. This is a center rumble strip. They, they have them on the side. Sometimes they go across the road to slow us down before we come to a toll booth. And the whole idea of a rumble strip, it's, it's tactile and audible. And that means you hear it and you feel it. And it's just like, boom, 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 boom. You're going off the path. You're going off the path. So God's given us spiritual rumble strips. And we dealt with the first one last week. I called it a wisdom strip. And it's very, very important. And if you weren't here, I encourage you to listen to it. We're going to deal with a, a second one this week. And the second one, I'm calling it our inner strip. And it's literally your conscience. And I want to open up with a story. This is a true, true story, guys. And this ha happened to me. I was about one year old as a Christian. So before I met Jesus... I was a binge drinker, binge smoked marijuana. I don't know what they call it today. And, but just binge smoked and binge drank and went to nightclubs every weekend. And then I met Jesus and I decided, you know, I, I'm gonna follow the Bible and I'm putting these wisdom strips in. That, that was our first one we dealt with last week and I'm beginning to change my lifestyle. I was sexually active. I decided I'm gonna wait till I get married. So now I'm about a year into it, going to church working an in-between job, and I had a girl come and ask me out on a date. And in here, here's what I heard. No, tell her no. Boom, 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 boom. And she was attractive, but I knew she wasn't a Christian. I knew she wasn't living the lifestyle I was, but I just overrode it and said, sure. And then I went to take her out on a Friday night, and she said, let's go to such and such place. Well, this was a lounge slash dinner place, and I knew they'd be playing music, and I, I wasn't sure how I'd react to the atmosphere, but I said yes, and I, and I heard that conscience say, no, no, don't do it. But I said, okay, and then we get in there, the music hits me, and I'm feeling all the, those old feelings come back. We had dinner, and then we got on the dance floor, and we're dancing, and I'm just feeling terrible because I know I'm, I'm, I'm walking on an edge. And for me, that was a dangerous place for my past. Then I take her home and she says, why don't you come in? My mom and dad are out of town. Let's just go talk. And I hear my conscience go, no, tell her you're tired. You got to get up early. I said, okay. And I went in like a lamb to the slaughter, right? And we're in the living room. She goes to the powder room and I'm sitting on the couch. She comes back in and she just begins to kiss me. And now I'm like, 
oh no. And my conscience is going, get up, get up. And it was by the grace of God that I just, I got up and I just stood up and I was very nice to her. I said, hey, this has nothing to do with you. And I'm not saying you wanted to take this somewhere all the way, but I just, I, I just, I accepted Jesus and I went into my whole thing about Jesus and I walked out and I had to go home and take cold showers. And I was tempted for a couple of weeks just thinking I should call her back. I, sh- you know, I shouldn't have did that. And I'm just having all these thoughts come at me. And that's what we call our conscience. Sometimes our conscience works after we do something wrong, it convicts us, hey, you need to go say you're sorry. You need, you, you know, you lied. You need to make that right. Or sometimes it's right while we're ready to do something and it just begins to warn us. That's our inner strip. And guess what? It can be broken. It can come to a place where it hardly works. And so I want to show you our text. It's in Ephesians chapter 5. And here's how it reads. This is our text for the entire series. Ephesians 5.14. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So when we first accept Jesus, that's what happens. He gives us light. And then the Bible says we can walk in darkness, or another way of saying it is we can be put spiritually to sleep. Uh, We can backslide. There's all kinds of words. It just means this. Here's our Christian path, and we go off. So he gives us four rumble strips in this text. It goes down to verse 21. There's four rumble strips. And we dealt with the first one uh, last week, and and it was in verse 17. Uh, it, It talked about knowing the will of God. I called it wisdom strip. It's just us looking in the Bible and finding out what, what the truth really is. That's a wisdom strip. And today we want to deal with what I'm calling our second one. It's in Ephesians 5, 15, and 16, and it reads like this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that word circumspectly, it means to discern by your senses. It's referring to your conscience. And the Bible is just saying, hey, I gave you something that's meant to protect you, walk by it, live by it. So here's my big idea for for all of us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And this is something all of us want to understand and allow it to work in our life. And not talking about the Holy Spirit, who's also in us if we're Christians, talking about our conscience. And here's the big idea. Our inward voice judges our outward choice. So your outward choice is what you did or what you're going to do. Your inward voice is your conscience. Again, not the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about him in lesson four. Now he's a rumble strip too. This is our conscience. So from the day you were born, you had a conscience. And that conscience is meant to keep you on the path. And your conscience is to your soul what your pain receptors are to your body. So, you know, if we touch something hot, we know, ooh, that's bad for me. I'm not going to go touch that again. God gave you the con- a conscience to do the very same thing. And it's meant by God to help you. So let me show you scripture, Romans 2.14. Even Gentiles or non-Jews who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. Listen to the next verse, verse 15. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing what's right. Now notice, our conscience will let us know you're doing what's right, you're doing what's wrong. And and, and he's talking about people that 
have never even read the Bible. So we're born with a conscience that works. Every human being has one. And do you know we're the only creation of God that literally has a conscience? I want you to think about that. Um, when my kids were young, as a matter of fact, Deanna, my daughter who's giving birth right now, um, she was like an infant. My, my wife bought me a, a Rottweiler, we named him Gideon, uh, for, my, um, for Father's Day. And she didn't want a dog in the house, but then she gave in because she knew I wanted one. So I raised this Roddy, and he's almost a year old, and he's like 110 pounds. He's a big boy. And we had to get rid of him eventually because he began to become aggressive with our kids' friends because they're very protective. So very good to our kids. One day I had cooked a steak, and I was so hungry. I bring it in the house. I put it on the table. And uh, then I thought, I need to go to the restroom first. So I go to the restroom. I come back, and my steak's gone. And I think... Gideon. And I go to a place in the house and there he is. He's already has it eaten. He's chewing on the bone. And I go, what did you do, Gideon? And, and he just doesn't even care. Do you know he never apologized to me? Do you know he never said, oh, I'm sorry. Do you know he didn't wake up the next day feeling guilty? Why? He doesn't have a conscience. Do you know that male lions, when they take over a pride, that means there was a male lion over the pride. They kill that male lion or they chase it away. When they take over the pride, they eat all the male cubs. They eat them. And do you know they never lose any sleep over it? You know why? They don't have a conscience. But you and I have a conscience. But our conscience can become broken. It can come to a place to where it doesn't work. So I'm going to show you two ways our consciences can be broke. And then I'm going to show you how to restore them. And all of us can get our conscience or bring our conscience to a place where it's working at the highest level ever. And why, why is it? Well, because... It's very important. Our inward voice judges our outward choice, and we need that rumble strip in our life. So here's the first thing that can happen to our conscience. Our conscience can be seared. That's the term the Bible uses. I read two different translations of the same verse to help you understand it. First Timothy 4.2, such teaching comes from hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared cauterized as with a hot iron. Here's another translation, contemporary English. We will also be fooled by the false claims of liars whose consciences have lost all feeling. We can come to a place to where our conscience has lost all feeling. That means to be seared. And I remember when I was a kid, these are very vivid memories to me. We were raised Roman Catholic and mom would make us go to confession about four times a year. So I remember the first time I stole something. My brother Jim is six years older than me, and he had a job when I was still a little guy. And, and I remember going in this room and taking money off his dresser. And I remember how convicted I was. I, I wasn't a Christian, didn't know Jesus. But my conscience was there. I was super convicted. Like, you shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. And it was right shortly after, a day or two, my mom took us to confession. And I am so convicted. And I go in, the priest, you know, I say, hey, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And I did my, my, my regulars. I disobeyed my mom and dad. And I just would come up with a number 50 times, you know, whatever. And, uh, but then I said, and I stole money off my brother. And the priest said, well, you need to give that back and let him know you did it. And then he prayed for me and gave me some penance prayers. And I walked out feeling good, like I got that off my chest, so to speak, right? And then a week or so later, and mom took us every three months or so, so I had a lot of time between, right? 
week or so later, I saw some money on my brother Tony's dresser. I took it and I felt really guilty, like I did it again. Then I saw some that my dad had and I took it, felt guilty. Then I saw some other money on somebody else's. I just start stealing money like crazy. You know, after a couple weeks, I, I didn't feel guilty anymore. And then I got to where I could steal anything. The next time my mom took me to confession, I didn't want to tell the priest because I had no intention of quitting. You know what happened? My conscience was seared. And maybe you're listening right now. Maybe you're out there listening. And maybe God's opening up your heart right now and saying, you know what? Your conscience is seared in some areas. Maybe you've gotten used to lying. Maybe you've gotten used to taking things that aren't yours. Maybe you've gotten used to living a certain lifestyle and you're not even convicted anymore. Well, you know what happened? Your conscience has been seared. I'll show you how to fix it, but it can happen to all of us. And here's a, here's a theme scripture for that. You ready? Jeremiah 6.15. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They, they do not even know how to blush. And I came to a place in my life where I, I didn't even blush over things I did wrong. I wasn't embarrassed by it. And can we agree we live in a world where there's a lot of people like that? So that's a seared conscience. It's so easy for that to happen in our lives. Here's the second thing that can happen to our conscience. Our conscience can be deceived. And really, we could just say it can be programmed with lies. That's what deception is. And we live in a world right now where, I like to say it this way, we are bombarded with bullet points every minute of our lives. And it, it, let's give you some examples. Politically, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, if you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, uh, liberal, in the middle, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what news you watch, all of them are gonna throw bullet points out. And some of those bullet points aren't true. Some are, some aren't. And it's that way with news. It's that way with the media. Uh, your kids are being bombarded in school. They're being bombarded on, online. And it's just little clips of things that aren't true, but we hear them so many times we come to believe them. And the Bible calls that being deceived and our conscience can be deceived. So I raised four children and I wanna give all the parents just some help right now. Your kids are in a worse world than my kids were. They're, they're growing up in a culture that's crazier than the culture my kids grew up in. It's a crazy culture. And I'm not saying everything's bad about it. There's a lot of great things about it. Um, I'm not saying culture when it comes to food and that type of thing is wrong. I'm just talking about mindsets and the culture we live in. And your kids are being bombarded with the wrong mindsets. So with our kids, here's what we did with them. We made sure they were in church every week in B-Kids, B-Kids Junior, and then in Paramount. We just made sure we brought them. So they went to Christian school um, in elementary school and then in, in junior high and high school, we put them in the public school system. And I knew they were being bombarded by friends and, and even sometimes some teachers with things that weren't 100% true. So we just made sure we got them here and we made sure that they were being taught the truth because if you begin to believe those bullet points, your conscience will be deceived and you'll begin to believe lies and your conscience will actually believe those lies because it can be reprogrammed. And here's a scripture. This is, tell me if this isn't the culture we're living in. Listen to this, Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet 
and sweet for bitter. And he's just talking about a culture and woe to them because they believe a lie. They're gonna, what's gonna happen to them? No rumble strip for them. They're gonna just go off a cliff, right? And so this part of our conscience, we have to make sure we don't allow it to be deceived. So that's why I'm encouraging your parents, kids, fill yourself with the wisdom strips. Get in the church. Parents, your kids, when they're in Paramount, they're gonna hear things that are just incredible, but they're gonna hear them from a perspective that is touching their world and it's gonna help them like crazy. Be kids, be kids junior. And the reason you wanna do that is because the world is trying to deceive us to believe things that aren't true. That's the world that we live in. So, hey, what if our conscience is seared? What if it has been deceived? I mean, I already alluded to what to do, but I wanna just put it in order for you. And the third one is really important, uh, one you may not think about a lot. The first one is so obvious and it goes like this. We have to reprogram it. So I just put reprogram it, your conscience. It has to be reprogrammed. And that's wisdom strips. That's what we talked about last week. But I wanna read you a cool scripture. And the way you reprogram your conscience is by reprogramming your mind or renewing your mind. Listen to Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. A literal translation says one of the truest ways to worship, not the only way, because we can worship in song. We can worship by speaking and just saying it. But one of the most incredible ways to worship God is with our lifestyle. And here's what he's saying. In light of what I just taught you, chapters 1 through 11 in Romans, in light of all the great things God did for us, I would like you as the Christian, I'd like you to surrender your heart and just come to a place where you say, God, you own me. Very similar, right, to the fear of the Lord that we talked about last week. God, you own me. And and when you come to that place as a Christian, you're opening yourself up to be reprogrammed with God's word. And then listen to the very next verse. Verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world. (laughs) That's the bullet points, guys. Uh, This world's trying to press us into believing things and deceive us. So he said, don't be reprogrammed to the pattern of this world. Listen to this, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's just reading the Bible, hearing the Bible taught, reading the Bible, hearing the Bible taught, reading the Bible, hearing the Bible taught then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Just reprogram your minds. So I wanna tell you what's happened in my life. Um, I'll be a Christian. Now, it's over 40 years since I met Jesus. And I've been reading the Bible for 40 years. And I've, at first, I just sat where you're sitting and I heard people teach it. Now, I listen to people teach it all the time. And, and then I teach it too. But it's been in layers and it's the most amazing thing. I just remember even in the early days, one, I'd be reading and one day I would just see something in the Bible and I'd say, oh, I've been believing a lie my whole life. I was convinced that it was this. And then I accept that truth. Guess what happens? I renew my mind, but I reprogram my conscience. And so wherever you're at with God, if you just stick in the Bible, read it, uh, listen to it be taught, Get your kids in it. It will, it will program them right the first time. That's the first step to making our conscience work perfect, growing it to a place. Here's the second one. Uh, use it so you don't lose it. Use it so you don't use it or lose it. And that's, that's what happened to me when I kept ignoring it when I was still in change. I heard someone say this recently, and I thought it was 
pretty interesting. They, they said they were in a dentist's office and there was an, uh, an advertisement poster for flossing. And they said, it said this, ignore your teeth and they'll go away. <laughs> that is so true. And that's what happens with our conscience. If we ignore our conscience, our conscience will stop working. And so you wanna use it. That means this, you yield to it. When you're convicted, yield to it. When it's dealing with you, yield to it. And if you don't, what happens? Well, it becomes seared. And we already know that, right? I like Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. There's something about use, obeying, just just yielding to your conscience that brings you to a place to where it becomes easier and easier to live. And you just, you just know, no, that's not for me. No, I can't go that direction. And the whole idea is to just walk that path with God. We don't want to stray off. So the first two, pretty obvious. I kind of covered them in a roundabout way, going over being seared and deceived. This third one, man, it's a life changer. And I've been doing it my whole Christian walk. And I say it this way today. Clean it when you dirty it. <laughs> You've got to clean your conscience. If you don't, it gets all yucky and mucky and gucky, and it won't work correctly, so you have to clean it. Um, I, I got my concealed carry a while back, and then I went out and bought my first gun. My dad didn't have any guns, so I didn't shoot as a kid. And I bought my first gun. I bought the Smith & Wesson, Wesson uh, Shield 9mm. And so then I got online, and I did an unboxing on YouTube to find out, hey, uh, how does this thing work? What do I need to do? And they emphasize, and they did this in concealed carry too. Every time you shoot that gun, you need to clean it. Every time you shoot that gun, you need to clean it because if you don't, it will become yucky, mucky, dirty, and it will misfire on you. And there's some other problems that will come. And so your conscience is the same exact way. If you don't clean it, it's going to misfire. If you don't clean it, it's not going to work the way God intended it to work. So the big question is, right, how do we clean it? How do you clean your conscience? So there's a verse I believe that's all about cleaning our conscience. I want to tell you up front, there's some controversy. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say with the whole body of Christ, but there's a section of the body of Christ that has some controversy with this verse. And I want to do my best to try to help you to see why I believe it the way I do. And then you can decide what you want to do with it. Um, but it comes under the heading of grace and the teaching of grace, which I love and I embrace. Um, and it, it, it's kind of started with the guy that would be the most famous and just some comments. And so people began to say, we don't need this verse. This verse is for non-Christians, not for Christians. So there's the lead up. And I'll, I'll show you the verse. It's in 1 John 1, 9. And it reads like this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So the big argument is, well, Jesus died for our sins on the cross, past, present, and future. And if he's already died for our sins, why would we have to confess our sins? So the argument is, this is telling you how we get saved, not what we do after we're saved. And I would go back to Romans 10, and what goes through my mind is, Romans 10, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, you'll be saved. So how do you, how do you come into the kingdom? You believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I don't see confessing my sins there. Now, I, I believe in repenting, and you, you say, I'm going to turn around and follow Jesus. But this is for Christians. 
And it really works. It works wonders. So here's, here's what the guys are trying to say that teach grace. And I, I agree with them on this. You don't want to walk around full of shame and guilt. That's the worst thing you could ever do. Some people have more shame than others. I'm not a shame-given person. So I've never dealt with that in my life, but I tried to help people that deal with it. And they're just in constant, just constant guilt and shame. And man, uh, they need to come out of that. So you need to know I'm forgiven, God loves me, and all those, those wonderful things. So a friend of mine, somebody I know, they, they had a conversation with the guy that would be the top grace teacher in the world. And they asked him this question. They said, when you sin, what do you do? And here's what the person said. They said, I say, Father, forgive me for missing the mark. I shouldn't have done that. Now, here's what I say. You say tomato, I say tomato. You say tomato, I say tomato. Come on, what's the difference, right? I miss the mark, I sin. Here's what I will tell you. I do this, I've done this my whole Christian life. When I sin, I just, I come to 1 John 1, 9, I say, Father, I missed it. I sinned. I just call sin. I, and usually I say, I did it again. Because aren't there some things we just do a lot? I did it again, Lord. I'm sorry I did it, Lord. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me. I already know I'm forgiven, but I have to have some kind of do-over, right? I have to have some kind of cleansing happen. And I believe that's what the Bible is talking about. I'm going to read this one more time. The latter part says, it purifies us from all unrighteousness. You know what I like to call 1 John 1, 9? I like to call it applying the blood. I'm applying it to cleanse my conscience and it cleanses our conscience. And so I can walk away from that moment and know I dealt with that. That's been dealt with. And, and what it does is I'm over here in a ditch because I did something wrong. And as soon as I say, Father, you know what? I sinned. I realize that I'm sorry. Bam, it just puts me right back on path to where now I'm walking and, and I'm just walking right where I need to be. Here's my last scripture and it's connected to the conscience. Listen to this. Hebrews 9.14. Just think how much more uh, the blood of Christ will purify our conscience. It purifies our consciences. Listen to this. From sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God for by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. I like this verse. And so here's what work happens in my life. I clean it when I dirty it. So I say, Father, what I just did is wrong. And I know it's wrong. And I've done it a couple times and I keep messing up. So I call it sin. I ask you to open up my eyes, help me see what I'm missing. And I thank you for the blood that cleanses me. And I can walk away from that moment with zero guilt, free. And I, here's what I see in my head. I see myself in a ditch and I just see myself getting right back on the road and going forward and, and forgetting that that ever happened. And it's the cleansing mechanism. It's applying the blood. So if you want your conscience to work, reprogram it, use it so you don't lose it and cleanse it when you dirty it. And I really believe God's been speaking to some hearts and I want to pray right now. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Let's pray. Borman, TCI, Warren, bow heads, praise our eyes or close our eyes, excuse me. And let's just pray. Father, I know there are people listening right now that you, you have ministered life to them. And Lord, I know there's some that are listening. They, they've been off the beaten path and this is the day they're coming right back on it. And Lord, I thank you. And as we listen and as we pray, we make a commitment to reprogram it. We're gonna just keep 
flooding ourselves with wisdom strips. And Lord, we make a commitment to you. We're going to use it so we don't lose it. And Lord, many right now are just saying, you know what, Lord, I've been walking down this road. I am so far off the Christian path. And right now, Lord, I call it what it is, sin. Right now, Lord, I make a decision. I make a decision right now. I call it sin. I repent for it. And Lord, I'm going to get right back on that road. And I thank you for giving me grace to stay on this road. And right now, as you listen, I'm just allowing God to minister, speak to your heart. Why don't you do that right now? Make it right between you and God. Some of you students, let's make it right right now, man. Uh, School's been beating you up. Culture's been beating you up. Just make a commitment right now. Say, God, I'm getting back on the road and I call it sin and I'm gonna get back and jump up here and I'll tell you what God's gonna do right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. He's cleansing consciences. He's cleansing you from all unrighteousness and it is a great feeling. And you know what? If you mess up tomorrow, do it tomorrow. But then always say, God, give me the grace to come up higher. Give me the grace not to go off the road and God will do that for you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You guys are still praying. Our MCs are coming on both campuses and they're gonna pray with you. So let's stay in an attitude of prayer as the MCs come forward. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.